Welcome to the Dwell Church Sermon Archive. Dwell is a family defined by the love of God and committed to giving it away. Here is this week's message. I'm glad to be here this morning. Uh, You know, hopefully Josh is enjoying a couple weeks off. We um, luckily have been able to come up here and give him some time off. Matt, obviously, um, and Don. We are going to have a survey at the end of September, and uh, you'll be voting who you like the most, who you like the least, and why. Um, We were going to have who was best dressed, but we all know that Don coming last week dressed like he was about to release the new iPhone, um, me and Matt would lose. So, um, but anyways, you will be getting that survey. We expect all your honesty. Your name will be on there. Um, So, yeah. No, just kidding. But uh, I am happy to be here for the first uh, Vision uh, Sermon of the Year. Uh, We Are Family is is the kind of title here. Um, You know, I think it's going to be a little bit unique. If if Josh was up here preaching about the pastoral viewpoint, um, I think when I started looking at this and Josh was like, I have no guidelines for you. Just do what you want to do, you know. Um, Here's our mission. Here's our vision. But the rest is kind of up to you and where you feel the Holy Spirit is leading. And so I think when I started looking at this, uh, I kind of had some trouble about where to go. At first I was, okay, I need to get my mindset in Josh's shoes, or I need to get my mindset in this, like I had helped help cast this vision. Um, but after some time, it really kind of dawned on me that I should be looking at this maybe as what it looks like to be a member um, of, of, of Dwell, a, a, a member of this family that this vision has been casted for, not only for Dwell, but also just for the family of God and being a Christian and being a part um, of the church. And so, so I think a lot of things have kind of come to light because of this scenario, right? Uh, I think all of us kind of becoming more remote or more socially distanced has really led to some things changing, of course, but also some things that are becoming more, um, coming to light, more aware. We're coming more aware of certain things, um, and that is a long list that I don't plan to get into, but I just want to name a few things that I think that at least I've seen in my friendships, I've seen in myself kind of come available, but, you know, we've gotten more picky about what we want to do, like before COVID or before remote and social distance, if like, it felt like we were active all the time, like you were going to work or you're going to do this and then something came from that and then something came from that and you're constantly kind of going and you felt like you were always out. Now it's like, hey, someone invited us, you know, next Thursday to do this. And it's like, okay. But, you know, I kind of had me time scheduled then. And I have me time Monday through Saturday, sometimes Monday through Sunday. And if I stop on Thursday, it's going to interrupt my me time. And you know, it's like 30 minutes to get there. That's the time we're not doing anything. And you know what? Let's say yes. And then 30 minutes before, let's say no. Right? Has anybody experienced that? And nothing feels better than saying that no 30 minutes before. It's like, well, um, you know, uh, Elva and I sold our car so we don't have to go do things now, right? We're like, we have the best excuse now. It's like, you know what? We actually sold our car. So, it's, it's kind of cold, it's kind of hot, we don't want a bike. Um, you know, an Uber's $6, so, you know, um, and you're not worth $6 to me is basically what we're saying at that point, right? Um, but it's become this point where we get more picky what we do. Our number one connection, the most meaningful connection in our eye signal, right? One of your family members doesn't 
but your Wi-Fi first, right? If my Wi-Fi and going, why is like we've aren't type of a meaningful connection you have. So, you know, a few stats about Gen Z and Denver, 73% of Gen Z say that they report feeling lonely either somewhat or all the time. Over 50% of people in Denver say that no one knows me well. And 38% in Denver say their relationships are not meaningful. I, I think it's true and very unfortunate that there's people who have never had a meaningful relationship. There's people who, you know, maybe didn't have the best family life growing up. They weren't able to establish meaningful friendships. Or maybe they had meaningful family early on, and now they're in a point in their life where they don't have these meaningful, this meaningful fellowship, this meaningful community. And, you know, the bottom line is we're just alone. You know, when we go into this, and, and I think some of this social distance has um, maybe taken that to the extreme, but if nothing else, it's highlighted that people's lives. I mean, have you felt this way before? I can I felt this way before, where I just felt like, and maybe you have a spouse in, in that level outside of that, where is their relationships, where is their meaningful connection and community in our lives? I mean, does it feel like it's meant to be better? It's meant to... We're meant to belong somewhere. We're meant to a community to go through life with. And that's where it kind of takes us day. You know, God created a family for you, you for a family. And I necessarily mean a blood relative family. What I mean is, and I'm going to kind of explain this so we're all kind of on the same page. The family, family of God is the church, God's people. Fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, all around the world, all who came before us and all that will come after. Paul says it like this, Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Jesus says it this way in Matthew. Reaching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, Here are my mother and my brothers, for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. And John says it this way in John chapter 1, But to all who, died, who did receive him, who believe in his name, the right to become children, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So today, as I talk, I'm going to be referring to a lot of things as the family, the church, uh, Christians. I want you to kind of blend all these together, right? I may go different words, but we want to be understood here that uh, family of God is the church. The church is not this middle school. It's not purely just dwell. It is all body of believers. Within that, we will have a local family or a local church, which I'll refer to multiple times, which could be something similar to what you see here at Dwell. Um, so let's jump in. Um, Acts 42a um, says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. Uh, devotion leads to discipleship. Right before, right, I want to give you like some context as we go into this. This is, if you're not familiar with this situation, this story, what has happened is Jesus has ascended to heaven. The apostles and the disciples are all together and, and, and the believers, and the Holy Spirit comes upon, among them. Holy Spirit moves in. They start preaching and teaching, and essentially a lot of people come to faith. I think it says 3,000 people come to faith. That's in the verses right before where we uh, are starting today. So basically right now the Holy Spirit has just came in. The, the disciples are preaching. They're teaching. 
people are coming to know Christ. And this is kind of a, um, what these verses are kind of telling us is what does this kind of group look like? What is these believers are doing? What is happening in this situation? So 42a, to repeat it one more time, is they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship. I think many times we see Christianity or we see Christians as just something you're adding to your busy life. What we see here is these believers devoted themselves to Christianity. They devoted themselves to God. When they heard this, the, the word, when the Holy Spirit came, this was not something like, I'm going to take part. I'm going to just add this on to my life, my work, my family, my friends, my hobbies. It's a whole life change. It's a, it's a complete devotion to what, what is happening in this time. When, when God's word is said, when the Holy Spirit uh, is open to them, they devote themselves to joining God's, fam- joining God's family. When we give our lives to Jesus, we belong to the church. When we belong to the church, we give our lives to Jesus. Here's what I mean. When you repent of your sins, when you accept the Holy Spirit coming into your life, when you give your spiritual life to God, to Jesus, you now belong to the church. You're now at the part of the body of believers. When you are a part of the church, when you are a body of believers, your goal then is to fulfill God's mission, Jesus' mission. So you're giving your time, your resources to the church at that point, to the mission of making disciples. So when we give our lives to Jesus, we belong to the church. When we belong to the church, we give our lives to Jesus. You need to find a place that, that will help you go through life, a community to bring you together. And that's what dwell is for you here. Next point, discipleship leads to challenge, right? Devotion, when we devote ourselves, we begin this journey of being discipled and kind of going through that journey, one of the first things of being discipleship is challenge. Verse 42b through 45 says, To the breaking of bread and the prayers, and all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. We see here this group who this is like the layer of them devoting themselves. They've committed, they've heard the word, they've accepted, and now they are truly not only saying we are devoting ourselves, we are now showing devotion. We're, 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 we're spending all the time we can to come together, to study the word, to learn. And there's a, a, there's a verse in here that says, um, or there's a line in here that says, all came upon every soul. What I see that is the Holy Spirit setting fire to their soul. It's a fire ignited saying, God, all we can do is worship you. I need to learn as much as I can. I need to devote everything I have into learning, into studying, into fellowshipping with your believers. I don't know when's the last time you felt that. One of the times that, that I'm able to like really experience this and really re, kind of reset my life is when I take time and I separate myself kind of from everyday life. I don't know if you've ever been able to take the, op- take the opportunity to kind of separate yourself, to get away from life. Not a vacation, because then you're all about just trying to relax, but a vacation from life so that you can focus on God. Uh, an example of this is like the Dwell Leader Retreat co- coming up. It's a time that we separate ourselves. It's a time that we come together. Our sole focus is fellowship with one another and learning and studying the Word. I'm truly grateful for to have this opportunity multiple times. It's something that I think we all should strive to do regularly. 
Obviously, we can't leave our jobs for the rest of our lives and, and never go back to the real world. But these kind of resets, these times that we can take away, that we can separate ourselves with a body of believers, with a community of Christ, with a local family of God, I think is so beneficial to your spiritual walk. There's two things I kind of see that have come from this in my own life. And one is spiritual growth, both personally and both communally. So when I've gotten away, when I've gone away with other believers, I can see a growth amongst them. We all are line. We see in this verse of the, this group of believers, it says they had all things in common. I don't think that means they all wore the same clothes. They all looked the same. What that means is they all were a part of one mission, and that mission was to study, learn, and worship about God. It was to come together as believers, be family, be discipled, and go and make disciples. Number two, I think the thing that comes from it is a sense of belonging. It grows. I can, I'll actually use the example of Dwell. I remember when Elva and I first started coming to Dwell, it was quite a bit smaller, so you'd think it would be even easier to be a part, but it wasn't until we went to the leader retreat that we really got to know people more so than just a Sunday morning relationship. Hey, hey how was your weekend? Besides some people in our community group, but outside of that, it's hard to, to kind of create some of those relationships to feel like you belong, to feel like you're actually a family, a local family of God. And a situation like that, a time that we're able to take to do that, it's, it's really just a, a time that your relationship will grow tremendously with other believers in your local community. I think discipleship is one of the most important things because it's literally the last command Jesus gave is go and make disciples. David Platt puts discipleship this way. Disciple making is what happens when we walk through life together, showing one another how to pray, study the Bible, grow in Christ, others to Christ. I think if you saw a perfect body of believers, a perfect church that was efficient in what they were doing, you would see continual growth spiritually and continual fellowship and continual growth of leading others to Christ. I've been a part of many churches, many groups, and, so, and that's not always the case. A lot of times we have people who are devoted to discipleship. We're not devoted to the family of God, to the local church. And, and when we do that, when we get to this point where we're not fully devoted, feel like we don't belong, feel like we're not seeing growth, we feel like we're not being challenged ourselves because we're bystanders. I, I, when I was, uh, I used to lead kind of a youth retreat, and it was for 13-year-olds to 25-year-olds, let's say. My biggest thing was I had like this rule. I was like, if you're a parent, you're bringing your kid, or if you're coming as a chaperone or whatever, I was like, you cannot be a golfer, bro. Just watch it. And all this person just watched. And this person's watching. They're not getting anything from it because they're just watching. And I always create an environment. If you're going to be here, we need you to be taking part. And I think a lot of times we invite people to church or we invite people to these events and either are set taking part, we're standing back, or we just see people kind of by themselves. We see people just trying to figure out what this is and they don't ever have that sense of belonging. And so I think one way of, of kind of naturally being more involved, naturally making it I'm not going to say easier to be devoted, but once you are devoted, easier to stay engaged is it actually provides multiple ways of discipleship. One, you have corporate discipleship, which is your Sunday mornings. Josh comes up here and leads. He's teaching you through the Bible. He's hopefully making things. 
more understandable for you. God's using him to really cast the vision and, and, and lead this church. Another is the groups that meet weekly. You have familiar, familial discipleship, where families are gathering together throughout the week, coming together, sharing life, sharing pain, sharing prayer requests, sharing celebrations. These groups weekly are so important, I think, to most everyone who's involved, I would say, that they are extremely their weekly life. Another one, servanthood, to join dwell days to serve. I don't have to come up here and speak. To speak to anybody, probably, you know, you can lift signs or set up things. I'm sure there's ways you can, whatever your gifts may be. Uh, and then the final way, and it may not be for me this, uh, but is just finding three people and coming together and say, can we meet weekly and just go through? Can we meet weekly and just like, how the gospel? How do I study the Bible? And if you are mature, you should seek that out. Hey, how can I find someone, one that's more spiritually mature to help me, but how can I disciple someone else who maybe is new to the faith? And so discipleship, I think, is so key to a. And you sit with these people here in Acts. You see them coming together. You see them, their souls are literally set on fire by the Holy Spirit. And man, do we not want that as, as, as a group of believers here? When that challenge comes, it's going to lead to sacrifice. Verse 45 says, And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. Have you ever been a part of something and they start asking you for money or they start asking you to volunteer a time and you were like, man, I just signed up for this because somebody asked me and I was on the spot. Like, I remember when I was in high school, me and my brother, we always played the sports and we played every sport you could play. And so my parents got signed up on the PTO team or the PTO organization, which is like parent-teacher organization, which basically at our school was just like, you came in clean sports fields or you came and painted or you came and did this. And I remember my dad one time was like, we were on the way to paint the baseball field or something, paint the dugouts or something. And I just remember him making a comment like, I don't know why I signed up for this. It was a Saturday. My dad likes to do his own work on a Saturday, build something in the yard or something. And I just remember thinking, like, I don't know why you signed up for it either. I mean, I have to be here, you know, I'm part of the team. And I think a lot of times when we, these challenges come, if we're not devoted to something, if we're just kind of taking part, one, that challenge is so much harder to do. You don't need to do it. You don't know why you're doing it. And then two, there's no reward into doing that, that sacrifice. When you see that challenge and you have this something, you don't feel like you're committing to anything that you actually believe in. We see right before this verse that all believers had, they all had, they had all in common, which means they all had one goal, one mission. Have you ever started to, to go work out? You're like, you know what? I'm going to start working out. I'm going to wake up at 530 in the mornings. I'm going to work out. Before you go to bed, you're like, I'm probably going to wake up at 5.30 in the morning. I'm going to set my alarm. And I'm going to see how I feel. When that alarm goes off, you're not going to feel like causing yourself pain at 5.30 in the morning. I'm going to tell you if that's, your, if that's what you're gauging off of. I have done that many times. And Elva's laughing because she knows I have. But when I played basketball in college, we were all devoted to being like, we had to do this. Whether or not we felt like it, we were devoted to the cause because we had signed up and we agreed what we're going. We're our, our goal championship. So at 5.30, not only was I by myself, against myself, I had a group of people who were all devoted to the exact same thing of let's get up, each other better, and big breakfast. And I think that's why this is almost not like, it's not like you see in this verse that says, 
and the apostle said, make sure you go sell everything you have and give all your belongings because you have to do this. It's all had this common vision. They all had this common goal that they were devoted to. And so they just started selling off their belongings and possessions that they needed to so that everyone who had that same goal, everyone who was around them, had everything they needed. They didn't have someone in their community who, who couldn't even eat next week because they were all eating together. They didn't have someone who couldn't, you know, they didn't have air conditioning back then, but if they, if they couldn't get their electricity on or whatever, like they were all a part of the same goal. You know, Matt preached this a couple weeks ago in Matthew 7, 13 through 14. He says, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life. And those who find it are few. I don't think God gave a murky picture of the Bible never says being a Christian is easy, is easy, sacrificing is easy, these challenges are easy. I think we have to come in with the understanding of when we follow God, when we devote ourselves, it's not going to be an easy road, but man, it will be rewarding. Dwell provides this for you in a way that you can Sacrifice, spiritually, biblically. A couple of ways are through tithing your money. A couple of ways are joining a team where you give your time. I know Dwell has a lot of different missions they help with, overseas missions, local missions. I guarantee you they would be open to more if you have a mission on your home. serve and, and initiative to start that. Cool. And not only of their time, we see essentially those of Christ, what they're doing to to achieve mission to sacrifice for the, the goal of, of others to join family, we must first devote ourselves to the family. If you're kind of just tagging along on the family, like, you know, I, if this ever gets shared and my aunt and uncle see this, it would probably be a rough, rough road, but I have an uncle every time the family gets together. I mean, I'm more impressed than anything. My man will ride on his motorcycle as soon as someone says food is ready. I don't know how, but the timing is impeccable. He skips all the two hours of having to do the small talk cousins and your, your far aunts and uncles. He rides up. He'll, he'll say, hey, good to see you. Hey, Elvis, good to see you. Cannot get Elvis' name yet, right? Yep. He'll eat. Then he's gone, you know? And for a family reunion, to be honest, that's probably the best way to do it. Let's be honest. He's actually winning. One day I'll be there. But when we treat our spiritual family this way, when we just come up to get fed on Sunday mornings, we're like, yep, all right, I heard the Bible for the week. All right, and now, yep, hey, good to see you. Yep, all right, oh, how was your weekend? Great, cool. All right, see you. If that's all we do, if that's all we kind of gather, I don't know, but it's hard to say. I know for myself, I would not be devoting myself to the family if that's all I did. If all I did was wake up on Sunday mornings, come, have no clue what we're going to be learning about, have no clue what the scriptures is, I, I don't follow along on the slides, or I don't have my reading through my Bible, whatever, I'm just kind of sitting there kind of listening, thinking about what I want to eat. 
I leave, I shake hands, go. It's hard to say that you are devoted to that. I know for myself, I wouldn't be, de- that's not the definition of devotion for me. But if we experience, if we went on to the family of God that God has created for you, you have to devote yourself. It's not easy. I'm not sitting here saying it's easy. I mean, Colorado's got all kinds of stuff to do. The world has all kinds of stuff to do. Netflix has all kinds of stuff to do. There's lots of ways to spend your time and resources. There's lots of things to devote yourself to. I mean, look, if I didn't have to work and I could just play board games and video games all day, I probably would. I probably would devote myself. You know, like, I have a passion for that. Whatever, you know, I like to, I mean, me, Josh, and Fraser are not the best at board games, but, you know, we, we enjoy them. There's a lot of ways we can devote our time and our resources. But if we devote ourselves at least to, at least to challenges, and then we're willing to sacrifice for those challenges, we're willing to sacrifice for that mission, it leads to growth. In verse 46 and 47, it says, And day by day, attending bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. A community that's devoted to the Christian life makes an impact. This is a true statement. There are some really great things about the Bible. And there, you know, I work in sales. And you can do all the right things, and that person still can say no. You can have them all the way up to they're supposed to sign the signature, and you're going to finally hit your goal for once. And they're like, yep, I'm signing it. Don't worry. And then they never, ever, ever talk to you again, no matter how many times you call us in an email. It's not a proven recipe. But what God has given us is a proven recipe, so to speak, of how to follow him, of what a community, a gospel-driven community, a family of God is supposed to look like, is supposed to do, and is supposed to be for you. A community that's devoted to God, to the Christian life, makes an impact. The Lord will use you. The Holy Spirit will move when you are, when a fan, local family of God is striving to make disciples. God not only can use you, He desires to use you. Have you ever felt like, man, God can't use me? I, I'm telling you, the, 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 I don't know if it's me, but I fluctuate like this. My spiritual life, I'm always like, man, am I doing good? No, I'm not doing good. Am I doing horrible? Probably. It's like this rhythm of like, God can't use me to make an impact because I am a sinner or I am so distracted. I'm not devoting myself to the family. I'm not devoting myself to, to studying and learning. We, and then this expands like, is dwell doing anything? Do we feel like we're growing? Do we feel like we're making an impact in Denver and West Colfax and Sloan's Lake? How can I help God's purpose? How can I help Dwell's purpose? But the Bible says God not only can use you, He wants to use you. 
He desires to see his people make an impact. He did together in the as he designed. That's what dwell wants to provide for you, a place where you belong, where you feel like you belong, where you want to belong. You know, we talked about at the beginning how we have this, our culture right now is so lonely. There's no meaningful, I mean, you're lucky if you have one meaningful relationship, two meaningful relationships, three meaningful relationships. I mean, we talk about we're lucky because we're born in this country or that country or we have this kind of wealth or that kind of wealth. Man, you're lucky if you have a meaningful relationship. Isn't that crazy to think about? 50% of people, let me get it right here. 50% of people in Denver say, no one knows me well. Not no one outside my family, no one outside my best friend. No one knows me well. Can you imagine what that feels like? Maybe you feel that way right now. We all desire to be, to belong somewhere. We all desire to feel loved, feel known, and then loved, to feel cared for. God's design for you is to belong to a local family, to go through life with the family, where you can learn with, be loved, be challenged, to grow spiritually, which is going to impact around you. Local things that we can kind of compass that dwell once for you is to fully belong and be devoted to your local family of God. I can promise you that I may have preached this a different way than Josh, but I can guarantee you he wants you and the vision, all the leaders of Dwell want you to fully belong and be devoted to your local family of God. They want you to love to be here. They want you to grow when you're here. Come Sunday morning seeking to learn, get involved with a group, find ways to give and to serve. Giving your time, giving your resources is not easy if you don't feel devoted. If you feel devoted, it is so rewarding, and you're going to see that. Number two, they dwell wants you to have a transcendent life change by the love of God. You know, when you come to know Christ, when you have that moment, it's there's nothing like it. You're going you're gonna to life change. But then it's going to take time for you to grow. It's going to take time for you to experience all that God has in store for you. And Dwell wants to be there for you. They want to provide, be used to do that for you as well. They want you to have a transcendent life changed by the love of God. The true belonging, see God work through you. When you see God through, work through you for the first time, you're going to be like, it's going to be game changing for you. You're going to realize what I mean when I say you should devote yourself and the reward that's going to come from that. You're not going to get paid. You're not going to get X, Y, Z, but it's going to be a spiritual reward that you have never felt before. Number three, go out and make disciples. Has anybody used TikTok before? So I only download TikTok when I lose my job, which is quite regular, to be honest with you. So... Um, I downloaded TikTok, you know, because I lost my job this summer. I started a new one, so we're doing all right, people. What, what? So this guy on TikTok, they were like, how do you have so many friends and you live in New York City and you just moved here? And he said something, and this guy was probably not spiritual by any means, but he said this. He said, you have to be the friend. And I thought that, and he, and he, and he kind of explained it, and I thought that was very interesting. 
as a Christian, where are we being the friend? Where are we creating environments that we can have people over for dinner who are not Christians, who we can go out to places that we can kind of create this environment that allows for deeper relationships, that allows for conversations like Christianity that come up. Invite them to church, to a small group, to grill out with your Christian family. You know, I think, um, I actually think it was Jeff. I may be completely wrong here, but I think Jeff was talking about, you know, we, we have to create scenarios where we're inviting our non-believer friends, but also our believing friends, and then we can generate and kind of create this environment where the God is being shown in these environments. Be the friend. When you are the friend, live out the gospel. When you live out the gospel, believers are going to join. When you live out the gospel, people are going to come to know Christ. It's, it's, that's the recipe. When you devote yourself to the family of God, when you devote yourself to making disciples, I promise you God will use you to make disciples. When God uses you to make disciples, help teach these new believers. Disciple them. We see here in Acts they were breaking bread, receiving their food. They were living life together is another way to say that. They were having people over. They were having dinner together. They were having favor with all the people, which means they were communicating with other people. They weren't completely just secluded in one room eating bread by themselves. They were out living this life where everyone could see. And the Lord used that. The Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Help teach new believers when you live out the gospel. Sacrifice leads to growth. Growth leads to impact. I hope that if you have no clue what I'm talking about, you've never experienced the family of God, you never experienced what it means to be a follower of Christ, but you do have this sense of belonging, this need to belong somewhere, this sense of hole, this emptiness, that, man, you would follow that trail Find out where, seek what it would look like for you to, to experience the love of God. If you are a follower of Christ, and at one point you said, I'm devoting myself to be a follower of Christ. I'm devoting myself to learning about Jesus. I'm devoting myself to obeying Jesus. I'm devoting myself to disciple making. But you have this sense of need to belong somewhere. You feel like you have this community. You don't feel like you are living a gospel-centered life together with another, with a group of believers. Man, seek it out and find out if you're really devoted. Find other people who are seeking that same thing. Devote yourself to finding a gospel-centered community. Devote yourself to disciple-making. Thanks for listening. We hope it brought you closer to Jesus and more in touch with the world around you. Being a Christian in today's culture can be hard. Fortunately, he gives us the gift of community through his church. So we would love to invite you to join us for one of our Sunday morning gatherings or for one of our weekly small groups. All the details you need can be found on our website, dwelldenver.org.